Hey, it's Tony and Jenny Bruski from Real Ghost Stories Online. If you like this show, please consider helping us keep it on the air by becoming an EPP. That's an extra podcast person. You get a ton of bonus episodes and a brand new one every single week and exclusive video content as well. It's only $5 a month and you can sign up at realghoststoriesonline.com. Without our EPPs, this show could not go on and our expenses to keep the show going continue to go up. So if you like it and you want it to continue into the future, please consider signing up at realghoststoriesonline.com. Get all of those exclusives. I can guarantee you will absolutely love them. Thanks for helping keep Real Ghost Stories Online on the air. If you're already an EPP, thank you so much for the support. If you're not and you've been thinking about signing up, please do so now and allow us to continue to do this show for you every single day. Sign up to be an EPP on the website, realghoststoriesonline.com. And thank you so much for the support. Stories online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855 853 4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You are about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. And on today's episode, what is it that a toddler sees that causes him to start hating his mother? A middle school party has lasting effects after a game goes wrong. A listener inherits a bed and possibly much more. And after almost killing herself, a listener now finds she has her spirit with her at all times. Those stories, your calls, and more today on Real Ghost Stories Online. Tony and Jenny Bruski joining you once again. Hello. Hello. I'm excited about these stories today. Yeah. Looks like uh, an interesting show. I'm uh, interested to hear about the middle school party with lasting effects. <laughs> yeah, those are always fun. I never really went to many parties in high school, but I remember a couple middle school parties that were fun. It was yeah. very tame. It was, you know, it was before, you know, people really started like getting into like, you know, drinking and all that. Mm-hmm. And it was just kind of like, I guess, somewhat innocent fun, if you will. And I remember one particular party that, uh, my friend Cole was having at his house, and it was uh, uh, in his uh, garage. It was like a, a, a garage that was a, actually across the street from his house. It's a small little, like, uh, little neighborhood, nothing really. There wasn't any traffic on the road, so you kind of could come and go mm-hmm. from the house back and forth. And uh, a couple things I remember from the uh, the party that, that still stand out to me. There was uh, one of the friends whose, like, dad was loaded with money, like, got his son, like, every CD imaginable, so he always brought his CDs over, which was pretty amazing back in those days. If you had, like, all the music, uh-huh. you know, I mean, now today, kids have access to everything instantly with, you know, Rhapsody and whatever they, you know, you know app they're using. But back then, it was a big deal. Sure. It's like, oh, my gosh, all these CDs, you could, like, listen to all these songs. I remember No Doubt being played quite a bit. I remember uh, Dr. Dre being played quite a bit and uh, other stuff of that early 90s era. And uh, then we watched a video. They hooked up a VCR into a TV in the garage and there was like some picnic tables set up. And we watched, uh, they rented, it was one of the Halloweens. Oh, wow. And it was a Halloween party. Mm -hmm. Um, I do not remember which Halloween it was, whether it was Halloween 1, 2, or 28. I don't know. But I just remember seeing that was the first time I'd ever seen a Halloween movie. 
and it was awesome. They're so scary. Oh, it was great, and I, I, I don't think I've seen any of the old, old, old ones since that time. Okay. So I, and the thing is, it's funny because I've bought them on DVD, mm-hmm. and they just sit. They sit like unwrapped, <laughs> like on the movie shelf in our in our house. And it's one of those things where it's like someday, like, oh, uh, hopefully someone will watch this with me. I know you you, you won't because you're afraid of them. Um, you know, and I'm hoping like, well, maybe the girls someday will want to watch them with me. <laughs> I, I, I'm know. probably more likely to watch Halloween, the old school ones, because yeah. I've seen them than mm-hmm. something I haven't seen because that terrifies sure. me. I, it's been so long since I've seen it. It'll be a brand new movie to me. Really? Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's something about that, the the theme music in it. Oh, yeah. My mom had that set as her ringtone. Yeah. And then she got a new phone, and I got her old phone, and I didn't know how to change the ringtone. So every time she called me, it was that, and it freaked yeah. me out. I hated that. <laughs> I, uh, I I do like the old movies. Mm-hmm. They're good. I, I'd love to try and watch them. The thing is, have you, have you seen any of the newer Halloweens that have come out over... Th- like in 99, they came out with one. It was like Halloween H2O. And I believe there's been a couple subsequent ones since that well, time. I but. get confused on the ones that are continuations with the Jamie Lee Curtis mm-hmm. character or the ones that are like redos of the original. Surprisingly, I'm not usually a big fan of redo movies. Mm-hmm. But most of the ones that I've actually seen in the theater uh, have been fairly scary. Okay. Like decent. I mean, they don't compare it to the originals because the originals just kind of hold a special place with everyone nostalgically. But as far as a horror movie goes, they seem to pull it off pretty well, as opposed to a lot of new movies that come out that are like horror, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. I kind of walk away going, yeah, there's very few horrors that I walk away really feeling freaked out by. Okay. But some of those Halloween ones, they seem to continue to pull it off pretty well. I've, I've been a fan You've been a fan. Was, okay. uh, I think Jamie Lee Curtis, Curtis was in the H201. She was. So it was like I, I 20 believe. years later or something? I think so. And then now, like, looking back, uh, thinking, like, as we're talking about it, like, oh, that's a more current one. No, that's actually about 15 years old now. Yeah. <laughs> so so even that that kind of goes back to the archive at this point. <laughs> wow. But uh, anyhow, good old movies. Uh, 855-853-4802. That's our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Of course, you can also write in on our website at realghoststoriesonline.com. So lots of ways of uh, getting in touch with us here. Jay writes in, when I was 16 years old, my grandfather committed suicide. My grandma then gave us this old bed frame, metal worn out with a curved top and bars coming down from the uh, headboard. Shortly thereafter, my little brother, who was using the bed frame at the time, would come into my room in the middle of the night and tell me there was a man in his room. Well, there was only me and my parents in the house, and they were fast asleep. I got up to check, but saw nothing and chalked it up to an overactive imagination. This happened a few times over the year. Well, fast forward a few more years, and I'm visiting my parents, and my brother's old room is now the spare room in which I was going to be staying for a few days in, you guessed it, that same creepy bed. Around 3 a.m., bleary-eyed and half asleep, I wake up to my mother peeking into the room. She's just sitting there in the dark, looking in on me and not moving. Confused, I call out, Mom? The figure in the door slowly leans in a little further. I can't see a face in the dark, but I know it's staring right at me. As my eyes adjust to the dark, I realize this is not my mother at all, but a very faint glow 
slightly greenish in color, in the shape of a person. Adrenaline shoots into my system as I start to panic at what on earth I might be seeing. I call out more forcefully now to get the attention of my actual mother as I backed into the corner of my room on the bed pulling my blankets up. This glowing entity actually seemed to be hesitant and just as confused as me as it took a small step into the room. As I yelled again, I thought I saw it flinch back a bit. That is when I heard my mother stomping down the hall towards my room. As my mother walked into the room and through the entity, it faded into the surrounding darkness. She shook me as if she thought I was having a nightmare, but I was wide awake and didn't tell her what I just saw. I never saw the entity again, but now when I go to visit my parents, I sleep on the couch in the living room. Has anyone else seen a shadow person of a different color? Really love the show, Tony and Jenny. Hope it continues to freak us out for a long time to come. There are a few more things that happened in the house when I was younger. Let me know if you want to hear about it. And by the way, Tony, I had a proton pack when I was young, too. I used to sleep with it. I wish I had it that night. <laughs> well, actually, mine is sitting right over there on the shelf. I can see it now. Inspiration. It's proudly displayed here in the office. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think? I mean, that's interesting. It essentially was kind of a shadow-esque person, but just not taking on the dark color. Well, I haven't heard of a shadow person of a different color like we hear of different colored orbs, but mm-hmm. we have had a story of somebody seeing a shadow person that wasn't a shadow but almost like TV static. Do you remember that? Kind of. I don't really remember the specifics of the story other than seeing that that person, and it was like a TV static was the best way they could describe it. Sure, I I, I do kind of, and I can kind of picture that almost. It would Mm -hmm. be kind of whitish, but kind of... Fuzzy. Energy. And blackish, yeah. Now, our younger audience, who may not be aware of what TV static looks like, yeah, I don't even know how to describe that. Um, called it snow, called it static, called it... It's just a bunch of random gray and white and black colors all jumbled together. And kind of moving. And kind of moving, yeah. Which is kind of bizarre because, I mean, if we talk to our girls today about TV stack, they'd have no idea what we're talking about. Mm-mm. Like, what? Isn't, isn't it always just a blue screen if it's not? But we could have our listeners start a message board about the... Um different color shadow people if anybody else has seen one if there is anything yeah that'd be very interesting i suppose it makes sense i mean it's just it's it's all energy Mm -hmm. and and i don't necessarily always and we've talked about this before dark doesn't always necessarily mean bad yeah in color sure we're talking about you know uh you know shadow people so um i i'd have to assume more people have had something similar Mm -hmm. of that nature interesting story thank you for uh for writing that in D writes in, hi, Tony and Jenny. I've been listening to your show, and I must say that I love it. It makes me feel like I am not a crazy person, and that there are other people out there that have had similar experiences to mine. So here's my story about a year ago. My son had just turned one years old, and some strange stuff had started to happen to us. We just moved into our new house a couple of months ago, and I have a spiritual ceremony to bless the house and ward off any evil spirits that may be there. For a couple of months, things were good. Everyone was happy and settling fine. The kids were enjoying the house and all the space. It was our first Christmas when stuff started to go downhill from there. My husband and I got into a huge fight and seemed to be fighting more and more every day. Then my son, who was just one years old, 
did not or did a complete 360 he went from loving to be around me to not wanting to see the sight of me he didn't want me to bathe him feed him and play with him he didn't even want to be home alone with me my daughter on the other hand was fine things got so bad at one point i felt like it was all my fault here i have my husband which feels like he hated me and then my son on the other hand that was following right on his footsteps one night i went to bed and had the strangest dream i had dreamt that my house was surrounded by dirty water and there were snakes all over big black ugly snakes now i don't really pay that much attention to my dreams but it was bothering me a bit it stood out to me so i called my sister and i told her what was going on with me at home and she told me that i should go and see someone about this as from what I'm telling her, she thinks that someone is trying to do something to me. So I told her, yes, I would take care of it, and I'd go see my spiritual leader and see what's up. My sister had told a friend of the family what was going on with me, and she told me that she would take me to one of her friends, which helped her when she was going through her stuff, and she's really good. I said, okay. We got to her place. I wasn't really thinking anything of it, and that maybe this is just nothing until I saw her. The lady looked at me and told me about my dream, the one that I had about the snakes, and also told me that someone does not want my husband and I together. They are unhappy about our marriage. She told me that I had two spirits on me and that they were not good ones. They were bad ones. She told me that the reason why my son doesn't want to be around me is because he can see these spirits on me and they scare him. At first I was shocked and I was still waiting for this to sink in. She told me that I to myself and I needed to have a spiritual bath. So I was like, okay, it's worth anything to try for the sake of my son and husband. When I got home, I told my husband where I went and what I found out. He said, okay, we'll give this a shot. So later that night, before I went to bed, I did one of the baths and gave one to my son. I was fine until about 3 a.m. in the morning. I woke up to feeling very, very scared. I couldn't move my body and all I felt was darkness all around, even though my husband was right next to me. Couldn't even move to wake him. Couldn't talk or anything. It felt like whatever was in the room was upset at me for taking these baths. I felt a pushing on my chest and like it was staring at me in the face. This feeling felt like forever. When it was gone, all I could do was cry. I woke up and my husband woke up with me. He said that he didn't feel anything. I was actually thinking that they were real. That morning when I got up from the little sleep that I had, he went to see my spiritual leader, and he told me the exact same thing that our family's friend told me. He told me to continue on with the baths, and that on the last day to light some incense and smoke out my house from top to bottom. Needless to say, that was the longest week of my life going through the same feelings, but they kept getting weaker and weaker until they were gone. My son and I get along much better now. This was truly a very scary experience for me. I do have some more stories to share, and I will do it later. Sorry if my story was too long. Well, I'm glad it seems like it cleared up to where your son wants to be around you again. Mm -hmm. But um, I wonder what, okay, this is just my curiosity, what the spiritual baths entail as far as, is that something that goes in the water or, or uh, you know, like a, almost like a meditation that happens while you do that or how that whole process works. It's a new section at uh, Bath and Body. It's the Spirit Be Gone section. You okay. haven't seen it? No. There's a women, there's a men, and there's the anti-demon okay. section. 
it's kind of by the men's stuff. It's kind of by the relaxing area. It's 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 different. It's a tell there though. Okay. All right. I will look for that next time. There's even a. a <laughs> Is it buy three get one free? Or something? Sometimes okay. yes. And you you there's a different body washes too. There's one you know that wards off uh, shadow people. There's one that ward off uh, all sorts. It's great. It really works. <laughs> well, it sounds like what she did worked. It took some time, but it worked. I, I mean, it make with with what people do to ward off things. As mm-hmm. far as, and I'm talking seriously now. I'm not talking Bath and Body Works. Okay. Um, I'm talking. You know, people they sage their homes. There's you know incense. There's all different things that can be done. Holy water, this and that. I, I mean, I, I guess a bath makes sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're kind of cleansing yourself, if you will. I mean. Literally and and you know somewhat spiritually, uh, if there's somewhat of a ceremony or something going on with it, sure. So, the sense of the actions that people take to rid uh, their homes and themselves of things I, that I guess makes total sense. It's something I haven't really heard a whole lot about. I haven't either. This but, was the first time I'd ever heard of that. But when you think of it logically, of you know, as illogical a subject we talk about every night, mm-hmm. um, I. I'm surprised we haven't heard about it because it does seem to to make some sort of sense. I wonder. I, I wonder if Sage is involved at some point in this. Yeah. If that's like part of, I would imagine there's something that's going into the water. You know, something I don't know what, but it'd be interesting to hear more about that. Yeah, if you're willing to share, we would love to know more about that process. So we can create our own line of well, body products that no, get rid of. It just may help somebody else. Exactly. Yeah. So. And I want to create our own line of body products. You go right ahead. You start making candles left and right. It'd be like a new zest. You know? (laughs) Demon fully clean. You're not demon clean unless you're demon fully clean. That's good. Remember remember that uh, that ad? You can remember jingles better than anybody I've ever met. They have the towel that they Uh they just snap out behind them. Uh And it's snapping out. And you're almost like, oh my God, are they going to show their butt? Nope. Nope. No, but the Zest logo is on the towel. <laughs> you just I hit just your computer. hit the computer when I was acting that out. Okay, great. All right, Demon Fully Clean by Menon. Uh, eight five five eight five. Remember that one too? Yeah, I remember that. Eight five five eight five three. What what is our phone number? Eight five five eight five three forty eight zero two. That's right. Okay. <laughs> I never say it. You always say 855-853-4802. I used to have it written down here, but my sticker is gone. And then I realized just how much I relied on my sticker <laughs> until it's gone. Uh, also, of course, our website, realghoststoriesonline.com. I get so preoccupied with the Zest ads, it just uh, kind of makes me a little flustered. <laughs> Rod writes in, uh, this story happened back in the middle uh, school uh, age, uh, my, my middle school days uh, during the early 90s. Here we go. bunch of friends from school and around the neighborhood had a little party at my place to celebrate my birthday and to hang out on a Saturday. The party went well. We played video games, basketball, even watched a few movies we rented at Blockbuster. That tells you the age of the story. You knew it was going to be a good party if somebody stopped off at Blockbuster. Mm-hmm. Sure is. When it started to get dark, our friend Donna suggested that we play Light as a Feather. I remember that game. I never played it. I never played it, but I remember like people talking about playing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, We had our friend Melissa lay down while myself and four other people put uh, only two fingers under her shoulders and legs and began to chant, light as a feather, stiff as a board. We chanted and we got louder and louder, but unfortunately, nothing happened. 
we were all on the supernatural kick and tried finding other ways to scare ourselves or freak ourselves out. So Donna suggested playing with a Ouija board. I didn't own one, but she said uh, back in the Philippines, they have a game called Spirit in the Glass, in which you make an alphabet and numbers from 1 to 10 by cutting square pieces of paper. After preparing the board, you take a clear glass cup, light the candle, and then extinguish the candle so you can capture the smoke inside the glass. The table was all prepared. The alphabet and numbers were in a circular formation. And the makeshift Ouija board was all ready to go. Donna instructed each of us to put two fingers on the glass and made us all swear not to move it intentionally or mess around for the sake of scaring others. Simply ask a question and see if it moves. I started the questions and asked, is someone with us right now? And sure enough, that glass spelled yes. We looked at each other, freaked out, and started blaming each other and asking if one of us were moving the glass. We all swore that we weren't moving it and continued to ask questions. We asked how many of us are here tonight, and the glass pointed between the numbers four and five. There were five of us sitting around the table. We then asked, where are you from? And with our hands on the glass, it began to spell H-E-L. And Before it could get to the last letter, I took off my hand and said, okay, this shit ain't funny anymore. I walked from the table and said, we're done, Donna. I'm really freaked out. She then told me we have to dismiss the spirit or else it will get stuck. So reluctantly, I put my fingers back on the glass and said, could you please leave now? And the letters pointed to N and with a little extra force pointed to O. The extra force caused the glass to fall off the table and I swear I saw a small wisp of smoke rise up out of the floor next to the broken glass. I immediately took the pieces of the paper and ripped it up and threw it away. I sat there in disbelief and shook off the feelings of fear and continued on with the party. About an hour later, we ended the party, and they all got picked up by their parents. That night, I remember having a horrible nightmare. It was about this woman dressed in a tattered grayish-white dress with no face. Only her mouth was visible, with black hair running past her shoulders. I remember going into a state of sleep paralysis and feeling like she was getting closer and closer when I tried screaming, all that was coming out was a groan that sounded like I was being choked. I woke up from that nightmare afraid, trembling and scared. When I tried going back to bed, I kept seeing her and how her black hair covered her eyes and you can see her pale, pasty skin. I got up to go to the bathroom. I was next to the living room and when I left the bathroom, to my absolute horror, I saw her in the mirror in our living room. I remember running straight to my parents' room, hyperventilating, and told them, there's a ghost outside of the living room. Mom, there's a ghost. She calmed me down and said I just had a bad dream and told me to go back to my room to pray and try to sleep. I didn't sleep that night at all very much. All I could really do was lie in and wait for her to come into my room. Nothing happened, but in the months that followed, we had all kinds of weird stuff going on at home. My little brother told me he had a very vivid and terrifying nightmare of a black shadow figure standing by our door our radio in the bathroom would turn on by itself sometimes and our dog tigger would bark at absolutely nothing i also felt as if i was being watched when i was at that house and to this day i sometimes feel she's around watching in the years that have passed i've had multiple sleep paralysis nightmares but i've learned to control it by just 
going through the motion of praying during the nightmare and waiting for it to end. I do wonder, though, if a spirit can attach themselves to people. Maybe you two can give me a little more insight to that. I love your show. I plan on becoming an EPP one day. Thank you for all the good work you do. Take care. Spirit can absolutely attach itself to somebody. Never heard of that happening. Never. <laughs> when is, is that a new thing? So I don't know if something has attached itself to you or, you know, if this is just because the intent with playing the game kind of sent the message out that you were open to that. Mm -hmm. You know, it could be something like that. But when you see that figure and then you see it in the mirror, you know, it's not just your imagination. I have a question. When you're doing a Ouija board thing and you don't close it mm -hmm. or, or something like this happens and kind of prevents you from closing it because your planchette was broken and then you ripped your board up. Can you go back at a later time and close it? Or if it's out, is it out? Is there like a window of time to end the session? I don't know that because I've never played. And sure. I, I don't know the logistics of using a Ouija board as mm -hmm. far as if you do have a window of time or not. I don't know that. That's what I wonder. If you did use one and then essentially unwanted things are happening back and get it out by essentially going back and using the board again. Or are you just asking for more trouble by going back and, and trying to? Well, what would be the difference of going back and using the board and asking it, uh, you know, to, mm -hmm. to show itself or to, to re you know, reopen the line of communication in order just to end it mm -hmm. versus just telling whatever is there to leave. Sure. I mean, I don't know that necessarily we're the ones that hold the power to begin with mm -hmm. to end it. If I mean, obviously in this case, look what happened. Sure. They wanted to end it. They tried to end it. And their way didn't work. Mm -hmm. So as much as I know people who are, I guess, pro Ouija board, um, they'll say, well, if, as long as you close the board, like you close the session, it, it should end it. Okay. Okay. In theory, if everything works as planned, but unfortunately you have cases like this. And then I think there's cases too, where people do end their sessions correctly. Uh, but whatever it is came through. Well, and the, for those listeners that do know more about this than we do, I have a question. What if, like in this case, somebody is participating at the beginning and then they freak out and they don't want to touch it anymore. Mm -hmm. Does everybody have to have their hand on the planchette to say goodbye and close it out? Or can just, you know, whoever's still participating do that? I don't know. I'd love to hear the answer to some of that mm -hmm. from some of our pro Ouija folks. Yeah. I'm just curious. Fill us in. You know, write in or write on the message board, and then we can answer those questions. That would be good. It'd be very interesting. 855-853-4802. That's our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online. All right, let's go to uh, Tommy in Tennessee. Tommy, hi. Hi, this is Tommy Hill from Petersburg, Tennessee. Uh, I was out videoing lightning one night, and uh, it was a full moon, and the lightning was flashing off to the north and I thought it was pretty cool so I thought I would set up the video camera and get it all on lightning and I didn't see nothing but I caught a voice over the camcorder 
and, and I didn't hear it until I played it back over the TV. Uh, it was a young man's voice that asked me if I can hear him two times, and I didn't believe what I was hearing. So I set the camcorder up the following night and was talking to the ghost and telling that I can't hear it with my own ears, that I, that uh, you would have to talk into my camera before I can hear you. And uh, I had done that for about an hour and never got nothing. And then all of a sudden, I was, it was about 3 o'clock in the morning, and I was fixing to go to bed, and I was fixing to pull my camera down. And a woman's voice, a very sweet sounding voice come over and said, John, and I have it all on recording. So thank you and uh, have a good day. And the neat thing is he calls back, correct? He did. It's a little fuzzy to hear because he's playing the recording into his phone for us to hear, but you can hear it. Okay, here's Tommy's follow-up call. And does, does it have both these EVPs on it? Mm-hmm. Okay, here we go. Here's Tommy's uh, second call. Hi, Tony. This is uh, Tommy uh, from Petersburg, Tennessee. I told you a few minutes ago about a story I did on ghost videoing at nighttime, actually videoing lightning at nighttime and kind of ghost on video. I sit my camcorder up and everything so you can hear it over the phone. So... I'm going to just play it back and let you hear it. Like I said, the camera is on. I will walk away, and you can talk into the camera and talk to me. And I won't know what you say until I play the camera or play it back. I hope you heard that, and I thank you for uh, all your shows. Thank you. I'd love to hear it, not over the phone. Yeah, but you know, I mean, that might have been the only way to get it to us. What I heard was pretty creepy sounding. I heard it twice. Did you hear it twice? Let's play this part back. What is that part supposed to be saying there? John. Okay. Was there another one at the end of the call? No, there was one before he spoke to it. I heard it. Like I said. Mm -hmm. Okay. The camera is on. Was there one back here, too? Yep, twice. Yeah. I hope you heard that. Well, that's creepy. Yeah. I would, John. If you're at all able to uh, put that file digitally onto like YouTube or just send it to us in some way, shape, or form, I'd love to hear that because it sounds pretty damn clear. I mean, even as unclear as this is over the phone, trying to play audio like that, uh, I can only imagine it being much clearer uh, just in its native form. I think it was one of the best EVPs we've gotten because yeah. I, you know, that was one of the few that I could hear and understand it. 
That's creepy. John, uh-huh. please do see what you can do. Uh, see see what you can do about getting that uh, into a better format to us because it would be great to uh, to hear. Oh, that's that was creepy. That's fun. It's fun and creepy. What would you do <laughs> if you were recording and you heard that, and and some something was calling out your name? First thing I like would that. do is I would call RGSO and let them know <laughs> and try and get it to them so they could play it on the show. And you'd be like, "Oh wait, I'm calling myself." <laughs> No, I think I would be pretty unsettled just to yeah. hear that, just to know something was there trying to communicate with me. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I would be very disturbed, I think. Mm-hmm. I, I think that would, uh, not that I do any ghost hunting as it is uh, these days at all, uh, but I think if if I were to go venture out and do that, that would be the end of it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think, I know in some, some folks it really intrigues them and makes them want to do more of it. For me, if it's calling up my name, that's enough. That's like, it's too personal. Yeah. It's like, why? I'm afraid it's going to attach to me. And that's my ultimate fear. Sure. So that's where I'd be like, no, no, I don't think so. Uh, Sarah writes in, uh, hi, Tony and Jenny. Love your show. It's my new obsession. The story is not really mine. It's my mom's, but it's the creepiest thing that I've ever heard. So I thought I would share it. My mom grew up in a house that seemed to have a lot of activity when she was a teenager, but she and my aunt shared a room. They had an old army bunk from the surplus store as their beds, big, metal, and solid. My mom slept on the top bunk, my aunt uh, on uh, Susan on, on the bottom. Every night, my mom would hear what sounded like a man's dress shoes walking up and down their short, tiled hallway. One night, the footsteps stopped at her door. She said she felt like someone was climbing up the bunk bed at the, t- at the end. Then, it felt like someone was crawling towards her at the top of the blanket. That's when she popped up and yelled, Susan! My aunt had been in a deep sleep and sleepily got up to turn off the light. My mom said that she never heard the footsteps again, and she thinks maybe she scared whatever or whoever that was away. I have more stories, but I will leave those for another time. I plan on becoming an EPP really soon. Thank you so much for reading my story, Sarah, in Dallas. I just don't like bunk beds at all. I don't care where they came from. Another bunk bed story. It is, but I would imagine an army surplus bunk bed would probably have more energy attached to it just because of the sheer number of people that have probably slept in it. Is a surplus bunk bed, is that a used one? Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's been through. I'm assuming it's a used one. I don't know if it's a, a new one that was never used. It's hard to, t- I mean, I think a lot of the surplus stores do sell new things. Yeah. So I don't know if it's new, used, or, or what. I don't know. I but would think that it'd be used. The The structure of it was metal, though. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking a lot of the stories that we've had in the bunk beds, they've been more so wooden, especially with the stories of the things that have been on it. Yeah. So I can picture a metal bunk bed. Okay. Not as creepy as the wooden ones, but there you go. Another bunk bed. Really? Yeah, I, I think the wooden ones hold more character. Well, like they'll a, hold more energy because they're porous, I guess. Okay. I could see that. See, when I think of a, of a metal bunk bed, and, and maybe I'm completely off on this, but I kind of think of just almost like, you know, metal shelving in a, a, a restaurant. Mm. You know, like metal poles yeah. on the sides, basic, something to metal, something to hold the mattress, very industrial. See, I don't like it because it just feels very cold and... Sure. Institutional. Oh, very much so. Very much so. That's why I, it's a different look and feel to the bunk bed. Okay. But still, bunk bed by nature. It is. And what is it with the bunk beds? 
I don't know. I just, I don't know. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number. If you like the show, please consider becoming an EPP. You've heard people talking about it. That's what keeps our show on the air. It's an extra podcast person. You get access to all of our bonus uh, uh, episodes. Uh, of course, a brand new one every single week as well, sent directly to you. You sign up on the website at realghoststoriesonline.com. Marcus writes in, well, I'm going to start off uh, as most of these messages do and tell you how much uh, my friend Alex and I love the show. We often obsess over the stories we hear from the show and that of Art Bell. We have a fascination with the paranormal, which has in many instances into a mess. Now, a few years back, our friend Sydney was having a party and she broke out the notorious Ouija board. I know, I know. Anywho, they were in her living room sitting around the coffee table with no light, but the remainder of what was going on in the fireplace, which gave the whole room an eerie orangish glow. Well, Alex here decided to get up. Well, we're all in a deep focus on the board, so we didn't notice her getting up and pour a water bottle into the fireplace. We were all startled by the loud hissing in the fireplace and Alex's crackling laughter, and then the room went pitch black. Our friend Lindsay fell back and bumped into the stereo, which then started playing Number nine by the Beatles, song done while Lennon was on an acid trip, and most of the song includes screams from women, children, and members of the band played in reverse. Shortly after the stereo began playing, and while we were stumbling in the dark to find a light switch, we heard a loud whoosh. The room lit up as the fireplace violently lit itself, charring the carpet nearby. Alex's laughter stopped, and we all stood in silence, unable to believe what we had just seen. As one of the many experiences that we've had, we're thinking about calling in or writing again to tell more. Please do call in or write in, either one, but that's that's the weirdest thing. When you see something, you, you ask them, did you see that too? And everyone saw it. Mm-hmm. What's disturbing to me is when you have paranormal things that are... Uh, messing with items that could potentially cause quite a bit of damage. Fire, for example. Yes. That, to me, is, is very disturbing. It's one thing, you know, it's like, eh, it's going to knock a glass of water off or it's going to, you know, do things that, you know, are just kind of annoyances. Mm -hmm. It's another where it's like grave danger. Yeah. And that, to me, is uh, that's just really creepy. Thank you for uh, for writing in and sharing that story. We would love to hear more. 855-853-4802, our number. Hi. Hey guys, uh, this is Christina from Atlanta again. Um, Y'all uh, shared my story about my uh, dear friend Norma Henderson, um, and uh, I introduced her to come and haunt me. Um, but uh, this is a story about when it was my second uh, semester of uh, senior year, and uh, I um, am a recovering alcoholic. Uh, it was pretty bad back in the day in high school and stuff, uh, but um, I went to a party and, you know, I had a little bit too much to drink and whatnot and da-da-da-da-da. No. I was a very, very, um, I was in a very, very dark spot in my life. I was very depressed, um, suicidal and everything. So um, there was a knock at the door um, and someone looked at the people and it was the cop. And... I got scared because I had already had court coming up the next week. So I was like, you know what? Um, I hate my life anyway, so why not just get, you know, maybe better off 
the world would be better off if I wasn't here, you know. So I went on the back deck and I jumped off a four-story balcony trying to kill myself. I opened my eyes and I was on my stomach and I looked up and I was like, oh my God, I'm alive. How in the hell am I alive? Like, what just happened? Um, and my friends, well, my so-called friends, they came downstairs, um, you know, screaming like, holy fuck, da 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 I can't believe you're alive. Um, they picked me up and tried to bring me back upstairs, you know, um, leaving that short, you know, they want to call the cop, they, they, well, they want to, turns out someone was kidding about the cops being there. Um, so they want to call the real cops because they didn't want the party to get busted. Um, so they ended up just dropping me off at my mom's and blah, 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 you know, fast forward, wake up in the hospital. Um, my, both my lungs had collapsed. I broke a couple of ribs and broke my sternum and the doctor, you know, when I woke up, he just was looking at me dumbfounded, like, how are you alive right now? Um, he, they were all shocked. He said, you know, if the only thing I can come up with is to why you're still alive is that it was raining outside and the ground was soft. Um, I was a foot away from the cement. And he said he thinks that if it wasn't raining that night, then I would have definitely died. But, you know, they were just like, I can't believe you're alive. Everyone, like, called me the miracle child. Like, they were just like, what? Um, well, I uh, spent the night, you know, I was there for, oh, God, I don't know, four or five days. Um, and, you know, they had me on Dilaudid, which is, like, super powerful. It's, like, up there with heroin. Um, and uh, I would wake up to this guy... And this guy who'd be hovering over me, you know, and he was in a hospital gown, and he would be like, who are you? What year is it? Who is that guy that just came and visited you? And just asking me all these weird questions. And, you know, I'd look up, and there was just, you know, there's about 15 patients in my room, um, all different kinds of hospital gowns, um, and just staring at me. And this guy's, like, in my face. And, like, I woke my mom up, and I was like, what is going on? <laughs> And she said that she didn't see anything. She doesn't know, um, whatever. So I ended up telling the guy to leave. And, you know, they just all, you know, ventured out. As soon, like, I closed my eyes, and as soon as I opened them back up, they were gone. Um, so we just thought maybe it was just the Dilaudid. Maybe it was just the pain medication that they were giving me. Um, so I go home, and I'm, I'm, I'm on Tylenol, just, just plain old Tylenol at this point. And I go home and um go to sleep and a couple of nights later the same exact guy that was in my face hovering over me is asking me the same questions in my bedroom and i'm just looking at this guy like dude why are you following me i don't know who you are like get out of here and i told him like, to leave like i didn't know who he was so i didn't leave um just being blunt with him you know and he just vanished into thin air um and I never saw him again, but it was just freaking weird that this, like, you know, this guy, I think I became sensitive for just a couple of days, um, which, I mean, I've had more paranormal experiences since then, but actually, like, having experience where this guy's, like, talking to me 
he's up in my face asking me these questions, you know, that, uh, I've never had an experience like that, you know, mainly I've seen like shadow people or, you know, like an apparition like in the distance or, you know, whatever. But I mean, that is just, you know, the guy, he was super annoying and stuff like that. <laughs> I just was trying to get some sleep. Um, but I'm glad that I haven't seen him again. Um, it was just weird. And I thought you guys would, you know, get a kick out of that. Um, but I love your show. And um, fast forward to uh, now, um, life is good. And I'm happy and I'm glad that I didn't die that night. I'm falling, or not falling, but jumping off the balcony. Um, life is awesome. But um, And you guys are part of it. And you all are awesome. So I uh, uh, hope to talk to you soon. hope to hear this on... Uh, YouTube, <laughs> which is where I listen to it, but whatever. Um, all right, guys, take care. Glad things are doing much better for you, but um, I'm wondering if possibly your near-death experience might have something to do with seeing spirits now. Sure. Because we hear stories about that quite often where people didn't really have that ability or that sensitivity beforehand and then after something traumatic has happened or a near-death experience or something like that they are then able to sense things and see things and things seem to find them it's almost like somehow your light is brighter or something like that I'm mm -hmm. not real sure how it works but we've heard it enough that I believe that that's what happens yeah, I, I completely concur. Do you think hospitals are filled with very confused spirits? I would think so, because it's filled with very confused people, too. Sure. I mean, people are there, and they're not really truly understanding what's happened or what's going on, but, you know, for a while, or maybe they're in and out of being, you know, almost alive and almost dead, and, you know, you probably have a lot of that in... in um, not in state but that that time where people are going and almost telling their loved ones their goodbyes before they're dead yet mm -hmm. you know so i think you have a lot that are confused as to what their actual status is i guess sure once they actually do pass yeah and then you have some that i'm sure are confused once they are gone and they are spirits trying to figure out what do I do? Am I stuck in eternity in this hospital gown here or what? Sure. Or even if they're dead mm -hmm. and they're trying to figure out, well, this is different. This is new. What's, uh, cause it sounds like this one's just trying to ask for answers as to what's going on. Who are these people? You know, what is this? You he, know, he even wanted was exactly. So that's yeah. really interesting. So that make hospital. I mean, you know, we, we hear about, um, haunted hospitals on the show quite often, but they're usually abandoned. Mm -hmm. They're usually, oh, this one I was, you know, shot down in 88 or whatever, or 70 something, and it just sits there and now people hear these things. Uh, what about current hospitals? I mean, would that, would that not make them some of the most haunted places around? Literally active hospitals that maybe that have been around for a good period of time? In my thinking, yes. And here's why you have the overwhelming emotion of joy when new life comes into the world you have the overwhelming sadness when life is leaving mm -hmm. you have you know pain which is an emotion and a feeling that is terrifying and fear you know mm -hmm. and anxiety you have all of that going on 
And those hold so much energy for so long. And we've had, actually, when I, they were talking about it, I, I do think back to some of the calls that we've had over the years. There was one nurse who was calling us uh, several times and had some terrifying experiences mm-hmm. um, within her ward. Yeah. And she had called us one night just really terrified and shaken up by what had gone on. Yes. Um, so that answers the question of that of the current active hauntings in hospitals. Yeah, I would say there's a lot more negative feelings around hospitals than good feelings. When you think, I mean, you don't, unless you're having a baby, you don't usually go to a hospital and mm-hmm. it's a joyous thing. You know, I, I think it's an interesting thing to think about. There's, you know, there's, of course, general purpose hospitals mm-hmm. that, you know, that cover a lot of things. Mm-hmm. But there's so many specialized care hospitals now these days that didn't exist 10 years, 20 years ago. It's all very, there's very specialized places now. Sure. Um, so I almost wonder, um, you know, general care, I think you're going to have a good mix. You know, the ones that deal in everything from birth to death. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to have some positive. You're going to have some negative. Um, but I, it's going to be interesting because I think you're going to see more and more very specific hauntings out of some of these, you know, specific type care hospitals. You think so? so yeah, just because of the, you know, what is the consistent energy that's going on here? Okay. You know, what's the consistent, uh, you know, thing that's happening to people here. I think that will be interesting and and very telling in the next, you know, several years as far as, especially after those places end up changing into something else. Yeah. It's like, oh, now it's uh, a place that uh, manufactures, you know, whatever, Uh, or just an office building. Uh They're going to have the hauntings in there. It's like, oh, this used to be this type of hospital. Oh. I see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think it'll be very interesting to watch. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online. Let's go to Holly. Hi. Hi, Tony. Hi, Jenny. Um, this is Holly. I live in New Mexico. Um, I'm calling in because I just recently became an EPP, and I discovered your show just a couple of days ago. I've always considered myself a skeptic, but strangely enough, I've had a lot of really odd things happen in my life since I was an infant. Um, I'm going to tell you a few of those because I think they've shaped me and um, they continue to shape me when I remember them. Uh, My earliest experience was I was living in this very small, very old house um, with all my family. I have three older sisters, my mom and my dad and my brother. And apparently my crib was set under a floor, I mean, not a floor, a ceiling heater vent. But when I was a baby, I remember being absolutely terrified watching this billowing hand come down out of the vent and suspend itself over me like in a clutching position, like it was going to reach down and grab me. But then I also saw around my crib several people, um, they... I don't even know if they were people, but they were all in dark cloaks and it hid their faces and they were just like um, black figures standing around. And this this, this uh, still scares me to this day. I get goosebumps, my hair stands on end when I remember it because 
it was only a few years ago that I relayed this story to my eldest sister, and she, her eyes got huge, and she started to shake, and she said, oh, my God, you saw that too? So that was, let me tell you, that that was a really bizarre moment. I, I don't think I've ever been more shocked in my life because I thought this was somehow some dream that I had concocted in my head, and yet it feels so real, so visceral that I can, I, 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 I can feel it. I mean, I, I really can. Um, anyway, that was my very first experience. Uh, the, the second thing that I experienced that was really, really, really terrifying was when I was much older, and I was uh, I was not being good. I, I broke out of my parents' house through a window, and uh, I was I was grounded. I wasn't supposed to be going anywhere. And I was, you know, walking around at night. It was like 3 in the morning, and it was all dark. And there was this really weird weather going on where the sky actually looked red. Um, I think that there had been a fire in the forest um, for several days, and for some reason it just it made the sky look red, and I thought it was super cool and, you know, and everything. So I was cruising around, and I started to feel like somebody was walking behind me. And I kept looking over my shoulder, and there was nobody there. And uh, I kept thinking, okay, just just go a little faster. You know, whoever it is, you'll hear them. You'll hear their footsteps speed up. And I went faster, and I didn't hear anything, but I felt something, like almost the breath on the back of my neck, but not quite, not quite that close. But it was like I could hear something breathing nearby. And I started to run. And then I heard footsteps, and they were just as fast as mine. And I was absolutely terrorized, and I, I ran home, and, and I even ran around back because I was afraid to go around front. And, and I peered around the house, and nothing followed me. And I waited there for a long, long time before I finally went through my window again and shut it and locked it and pretended that never happened, but uh, it did. And I have a lot of other things that have happened to me in my life since then, but um, I think I'll save those for another time if I ever call back again. But I guess what I'm trying to say is, even though I've managed to remain skeptical about a lot of things, I have had enough experiences in my life that make me question even my own skepticism. Um, and I don't know if I really believe in ghosts or if I believe that there's something from another plane that comes here periodically and we can see it or, or what. Because what I have seen and felt didn't feel like a ghost. It felt like something else. Um, it was not just a spirit, in my opinion. And uh, I just don't know what to think about that. Anyway, I love your show. And I'm really enjoying listening to all these stories and, and learning about other people's experiences and I think it's really great that you guys have put this together because, oh, so many of us feel so weird, you know, and it's nice to know we're not alone. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for calling in and sharing your story. That's creepy as hell of cloaked people staring at you at your crib, reaching out for you. Yeah. Well, you're, I mean, the only thing I can say is like, well, your parents like into like some sort of like, I don't know, bizarro cult uh i don't know rituals or i don't know that's the only thing i could possibly go there as far as a logical explanation i wouldn't say the it's like parents. eyes wide shut weird shit going no. on no 
I wouldn't say the parents. And I mean, probably not. Probably not. I would say something more like, you know, maybe something happened in that house before it was theirs. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, I was just trying to go to like to a logical explanation, as illogical as it is. Right, because, you know, like half the parents out there are doing eyes wide shut. Exactly. I mean, no one does. But I'm just like no. saying like from a, a human beings in your home, if, if this was not a paranormal experience, oh. what was going on? I see. You You're see talking what? about physical people, humans. Yeah, but oh. I'm guessing that probably was not the case. I think that oh, well, mom and dad were into this, so that's probably just their friends coming over for the cocktail party, and they were doing the uh, you know the ritualistic uh, portion of the evening where they freak out the toddler. Uh, but that's oh. probably not what was going on. No, I don't think anything, you know, there was good. Um, and. You know, I know what you're saying as far as you don't feel like it was a ghost. You feel like it was something else because it doesn't sound like a ghost. It sounds like something dark, like something demonic Yeah. coming in and trying to scare you and reaching in over your crib. I and mean, that's not just your average ghost. That's, that's yeah. pretty gross. And the sister having the same thing, too. And yeah. that's, uh, yeah. All I can say is either there was something going on there with the parents that you're unaware of, but I kind of doubt that because I think you'd probably be aware of it. Um, or, or there's something pretty dark going on in your house. And I'm going to probably more lean towards the paranormal end of things here. So your choices are something demonic or your parents are swingers. One of the two. Okay. I don't think swingers even do that. Really? (laughs) Okay. I don't know. I know very little about all that. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Of course, if you like the show, please support it. Sign up to become an EPP. That's an extra podcast person. Get a bonus episode of the show every single week since you and of course, access to our bonus archive of material. Uh, more than 30-some uh, episodes, like 37, 38. So there's a lot of them there now. There's a lot. So, Sign up now and you get access to all of that uh, for supporting the show on the website, realghoststoriesonline.com, and the satisfaction of knowing you're keeping our show on the air. Until next time, I'm Tony Bruski. Thanks for listening to another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online.